Welcome to No Ad, No Problem, a podcast devoted to college tennis and growing the game. Check us out on Twitter at JTweetsTennis and Instagram at No Ad, No Problem. I'm your host, John. Let's serve it up. Hey, everyone. Joining me on today's show is Stanford sophomore Nishesh Basfaretti. Prior to joining Stanford, Nishesh reached a junior ranking of number three in the world and claimed the U.S. Open Boys Doubles Championship in 2022. In his freshman year, he won the ITA National Fall Championships and reached number two in the country. Most recently, Nishesh made his first ATP Challenger final right here in Northern California. Nishesh, congrats on all of the success so far and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So you are still only 18, and you're now one of just five players born in 2005 to make an ATP Challenger final. How does it feel, and did you think it would happen this quickly? Yeah, it feels great. Uh, the other guys that are part of that group, uh, I've already had a lot of success and played some juniors with them as well. So uh, it's it obviously cool reaching a Challenger final. Um, I would say I, I didn't expect it to come uh, maybe this fast in some ways, but uh, the summer when I did play a couple of challengers, I felt like my level was there. I lost a couple of tight matches and I did have one win in the main draw this summer. So I felt like if I just kind of got through a couple of tough matches and got some confidence, I could make a deep run in one of these tournaments. So in, th- in that way, it wasn't too surprising. Um, but obviously I had to play well and it was a great couple of weeks here. Yeah, well, I'm excited to dive in more to those challenges that you mentioned earlier in the summer, as well as the recent success. But I want to get to know a little bit more about your background, how you got to be at the level you are today. And I want to first start with where you are from. So I read online that you actually moved from California to Indiana when you were relatively young. Uh, How old were you when you made that move and how seriously were you taking tennis at that time? I moved in 2013 when I was eight years old from. Southern California to Indiana. I started playing tennis when I was around four. So, and I'd already started playing some terms in Southern California, like Little Mo and some other like smaller junior tournaments when I was just under eight. And um, so, so I'd started training there, but I started playing many more tournaments when I moved to Indiana. So, but I'd already been taken seriously at the time. I was just playing tennis and soccer. And then when I moved to Indiana, just solely focused on tennis. And where did you focus in Indiana, your tennis? Where were you coached by? Um, how did you find sort of that that training to take you to the next level? Yeah, so I worked with a different coach for a couple months at the start, but then ever since uh, 2014, so about nine years now, I've been working with Brian Smith and uh, his, his group there. Um, we were in Southern Indiana or an hour south from where I live for a while. And then he moved up closer to where I live now and I've been training with them ever since. And there's been a lot of great players that have come out of there. Uh, Rajiv Ram has, he works with the uh, same coach and then a couple other guys that have had a lot of D1 success as well. Like Samir Kumari played at Stanford, Ronnie Schneider played at UNC and a couple other guys. So uh, there's always been a lot of great players to train with there and it was good going up. Yeah. You mentioned Rajiv Ram. I saw he warmed you up there. Uh, for for the final, you know, you guys have a lot in common being from the same hometown there, same high school. How much of an inspiration has he been for you thus far? And what sort of relationship do you have with him today? Yeah, he's been a great inspiration. I met him first when when I was eight and have hit with him on and off when I was younger. And then in recent years, I've started hitting with him more and more, especially during COVID. He was in Indiana for a couple months, so I really got to know him better then. And now, yeah, he's he's been great, just a mentor kind of leading me, uh, telling me 
how different things, different aspects on tour are and what to expect. And um, also just giving me advice on my tennis game and what I can improve on. So he's been great in, in that sense. And just yeah, a great friend to have and someone that's obviously had a lot of experience and a lot of success on tour. So it's great to just learn from him and watch him do his thing uh, even now. Yeah. And also someone who made the transition from college to the pro tour. So I'm sure he has a lot of insight for you in that regard. You talked about playing more with him during COVID and it sounds like you were in regular school up until COVID. Was there ever a thought about going homeschool or online schooling earlier or moving out of Indiana to progress your tennis career? There's never a thought to move out of Indiana when I was in juniors. Um, I was planning on doing online school in my junior year of high school when COVID came, but then COVID came. So anyway, school moved online. So I was able to just stay with my public high school. And then my senior year, they allowed me to travel a lot. Uh, my second semester is only in school, like five, six weeks that semester. But I was playing a lot of ITF junior events. Um, but yeah, I never really thought about moving out of Indiana. I'd always, my coach was there. I would go down to the UST in Orlando a couple of weeks during the year to train and get some better practice partners. But already at tournaments, I was getting a lot of that good practice and uh, I thought it was good to be home and work with my coach and spend some time with my family. So yeah, uh, I never thought too much about that. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you had been with um, Brian Smith for so long. Uh, it makes sense to stay in that area. And when you were thinking about the next step in your career, transitioning from uh, juniors to college, what were you looking for in a college? What were some of your decision criteria that you were evaluating? Yeah, I was looking for a group of guys that were motivated um, to continue improving tennis and hopefully make that step to pro tennis. And then I was also looking for a school that had good academics. Um, I've always had focus on that growing up. So I kind of wanted the right balance. And then also coaches that would do uh, anything for me to continue to move to the next level and just have the same drive and motivation every day to keep working. And uh, I also kind of wanted to be in, a, in an outdoor school. I did look at some schools in the Midwest, um, but I always kind of wanted to go to better better weather as well. So that was a little bit of a, a deciding factor for me in the end. Um, but yeah, just, just a mix of academics and athletics and finding the right fit with the coaching staff, the guys on the team. And those are the main main factors. Yeah. And so I assume you found that in Stanford. What has that transition from juniors to college been like? Talk to me about the coaching staff, the academics. Uh, how have you found the transition? Yeah, the transition has been pretty good. Um, last fall, maybe it was a little bit of a challenge with academics at the beginning. I was, uh, had some success in some of the college events. So I was missing a lot of school and I was taking a little bit of a tough class load. So uh, it was a little bit of a challenge maybe for at the very beginning, but I'd always managed school and tennis anyway, so I didn't feel like it was, it was a significant jump in difficulty uh, in either. Um, and as as for the coaching staff, I really like them a lot. They all bring different value uh, to the table. Uh, last year, we had three coaches, Paul Goldstein, Brandon Coop, and Horacio Yamada, and they all helped me a lot to mature on and off the court. So uh, it's, it's been great, great there, yeah. And yeah, the transition has been easy. All of my teammates have given me a lot of support. So it's been good. Yeah. I'm curious about the academics. Stanford, obviously, is such a fabulous academic institution. And you do hear a lot about balancing the academic rigor with athletics. Anecdotally, in your experience, how does your Stanford experience compare to maybe your brothers or other friends that you know who are at other schools? 
how much more challenge do you have a sense for maybe how much more challenging that might be at Stanford? Yeah, I mean, I would say a lot of it depends on what your major is, really, because there are some majors that you can take here that maybe are just as difficult as majors in other schools. But if you are taking some of the more difficult majors, it requires more time management, maybe a couple more hours in the day to go to class, go to office hours to understand the material better. So yeah, I'd say maybe it's a little bit more time commitment, but I think it all just depends on what you're studying. So yeah, uh, for, for me, yeah, it's maybe a little bit more work than what I've heard from other, from some of my friends at other schools, but I think it kind of depends on what, what you're studying. Have you yeah. decided what you're going to major in? Um, yeah, most likely I'm going to do data science, uh, okay. but we did at the end of sophomore year. Got it. All right. So a little bit of time to decide. And yeah. Stanford obviously has a long history of you know, being a decorated program. It's one of the winningest programs on the men's and women's side. Um, but it's been a while since Stanford has won a team title. What do you think are some of the factors that have led to that? And what do you all as a team focus on to continue to bring Stanford back to where it's been in the past? Yeah, I think there have been, I mean, I, I can't really speak, I think for years before last year, but I think there have been a variety of factors maybe that have led us to maybe not achieve what we could have achieved with the talent we've had on our team. Last year, we obviously had quite a few injuries on our team that prevented us from making a deep run, I think. But um, I think we just, this year especially, we're just trying to work on doing the smaller things better every day so that we can give ourselves the best chance to be healthy for the whole spring and really make a push for NCAAs because I feel like we have a really good team this year to to have a chance to go deep and and make a real run. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think just trying to have that little extra motivation and do the one percent every day that can make it make a big difference in the end um, because all, all the teams all the top teams are are really good that it really just comes down to a few points here and there and who has more energy or who shows up better on a certain day so yeah i feel like hopefully we'll we'll, we'll get a chance this year to do that yeah uh, you mentioned being healthy you mentioned injuries i know that that's something that's plagued not only your junior career but kind of also followed you last season in your freshman year where do you stand today health-wise? Um, talk to me a, briefly about some of the injury histories you've gone through and kind of where you are today. Yeah, uh, I mean, at the moment, I'm I'm healthy. I'm trying to do everything every day to keep keep all my body parts healthy. I've, I've had three separate knee surgeries on my right knee and then one left wrist surgery, which kept me out of the beginning of the dual season last year. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure my body and everything is balanced and uh, give myself the best chance to, um, to to continue putting the hours on and off the court so that I can hopefully be a pro in the future. But that requires a lot of work. And yeah, but at the moment, I'm I'm healthy and uh, feeling pretty good. Good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear for college tennis fans as well. You talked about the freshman fall that you had. You went 17 and one. Uh, you were the first freshman to win fall Nats since 2011. You ended the fall at number two in the country. Were you surprised at how quickly you had such phenomenal success in college? Yeah, I would I would say I was pretty surprised. Going into Tulsa, I, I was playing pretty well. I'd just come off US Open doubles title and some good junior success, but uh, obviously college tennis is completely different. No ad scoring. Um, a lot of players that are experienced in that. So in those sort of matches and I had a couple of tough matches in the qualities of Tulsa, but once I got through there, I felt I was feeling pretty good about my game. And then the rest of the fall, I was just kind of playing free and 
nothing really to lose maybe. And I was just excited to play a lot of the fall events. Um, maybe some of the older guys had already done it a couple of times and maybe it's a little bit of a repeat for them, but yeah, I, I would say I, th- I was definitely surprised, um, of winning those events and being a lot of those players that had beat uh, a lot of them had a lot of success, obviously. So yeah, it was some good tournaments. Yeah. So that attitude of maybe, you know, being excited to play and maybe less jaded than someone who's a senior playing these events for the fourth time. Do you feel like that also applied to some of the recent challenger success that you had? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it definitely does. I mean, just from what I've seen playing these challengers, it seems like maybe once you've played for a bunch of years, you know, you, you do a lot of them over and over. Maybe, maybe at some point, like you start going down one week, you're like, okay, it's fun. Maybe I have the next week for worse for me. It's only my fifth or sixth challenger. So everyone seems like super exciting for me. Um, it's a new level. So uh, I'll compete as hard as I can to try to win every match there's where maybe maybe it's a little bit different for other guys i'm not sure yeah and you mentioned playing you know several challengers i think you've played five between the summer and this fall and you've sort of been able to double dip in these challengers because you've had entry via the junior accelerator program and also the college accelerator program how helpful have those programs been for you to earn direct entry into either qualifying or the main draws of these challengers yeah, the program has been great. I mean, otherwise I would have had to get some, maybe some wild cards from the USDA to get in. And I probably wouldn't have had as many opportunities as I've had with these accelerator spots. And I mean, I feel like the the levels there in both juniors and college, if you do finish top 10, top 20, um, maybe the experience isn't there. But I think like a lot of these guys can be challenger level guys on, on a given day. Um, maybe not as consistently as the challenger guys do play at that level, but definitely can do on a given day but yeah I, f- I feel like just getting more experience at this level and playing more and more of these events has helped a lot and uh just getting more used to the use of level and knowing that like I'm at, I'm at that level but just need to maintain that and maintain the focus and yeah i think that's yeah. been the when the program was announced in january was there what was the what was the sentiment like amongst kind of the top college players and how has that translated into fall events or focus on the ITA ranking? I'm curious if it's changed people's perception on college events at all. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the college guys were super excited about it. Um, obviously, all the top guys want to go pro and this just helps the transition a lot because otherwise you have to play futures and get your ranking up a lot to get into challengers, be around like top 400, top 500 to make qualities. And, um, I mean, I, I'm not really playing any college events this fall, but from what I've seen, it seems like guys are taking f- the fall events more seriously, just because, I mean, if you, if you finish your ranking in the top 20, you can get, you get a lot of benefits and it's just much easier to improve your ranking on the tour. If you, if you get into challengers versus features. So it seems like guys are putting more emphasis on, on the fall events than just winning every college match they can. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a very different grind, right? If you're getting direct entry into a challenger versus grinding away at a 25K in, in somewhere. Yeah. But you mentioned not playing the fall in college this season. What factored into that decision, knowing that the fall is a really big factor in your final year-end ranking? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I had some of these accelerator spots left. I had, I think, one main draw and two qualities. So I wanted to use those and I felt like I, I'd played the fall last year and got a lot of matches. And I thought this year maybe it would be better to just play some pro events and get some more experience there. And then 
play play the college events and the college matches in the spring. Um, last year on our team, Arthur did that as well, and he still finished. He, he obviously played super well in the spring and won a lot of matches, but he's still able to finish top ten. Um, so I, I feel like if I'm able to play at that level, then I'll still have a pretty good chance of doing that in the spring. So that's kind of what went into my decision. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Arthur, I think finished three in the country, so it wasn't a problem for him skipping the fall. So let's talk a little bit about the challenger success specifically. Uh, two challengers here in California, you qualify and make the quarterfinal at the Tiburon challenger before losing to eventual champion Zach Svita. Then you make the finals at the Fairfield Challenger, where you lost to Zach Svita again. What was your attitude going into that second match against Svita? What did you try and do differently? Uh, what was your game plan going into that match? Yeah, the, the first one, it was my first Challenger quarterfinal. And I think I was maybe a little bit nervous going in. I didn't. I felt like I didn't play my best. Um, he was obviously super solid. And I think I just overplayed a little bit. In some moments that I had some break points, game points that I didn't convert, but I thought overall the level maybe wasn't as good as I could have played. And for the second one, I tried to just be a little bit more patient. Um, obviously, he likes a lot of pace and can really counterpunch uh, well. I think that's one of his biggest strengths. So I was kind of just trying to be patient and be aggressive when I had the right ball. And I thought I started out the match super well, I was up a break, and then he got it back, and then uh, four all had a couple more chances um, to break, and I didn't get those. And then second set, I think he just was just a little bit too solid. I I think I went away from my game plan a little bit and didn't serve as well as I would have liked, and he was just a little bit too solid. Um, but I thought definitely the second time I played played much better and had had a few more looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah I I felt that way as well. But in these runs, you had you know really great wins, including two top 200 wins. Probably the most notable win was over uh, number 110, Alex Mickelson. What have you learned about your game and how it stacks up to these challenger level players? And what specifically do you think are your strengths uh, in these matches? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, f- I feel like from the baseline, um, I'm able to hang with these guys and kind of like mix up the pace of the balls, but also ball strike ball strike with them uh, i feel like i'm that's one of my strengths and then also just i feel like i have a lot of tools being able to come in being able to use the drop shot the slice um makes up the pace so I, I feel like that that works at any level and um i think i was able to use that pretty well in these two tournaments um and just mentally i feel like i'm able to stay pretty pretty calm and solid throughout the match which i, I think is also one of the biggest strengths for me um and in my return to serve, I think is is one of my strengths as well. Um, I, like, I feel like I read people's serves pretty well, and am able to attack second serves as well. So, I, I think those are my biggest strengths, and from what I've seen in these tournaments. Yeah, and on on the flip side, are there areas of your game that you've come back and hit the practice court and said, "Wow, I really need to improve X or Y"? Yeah, I, I feel like for me, the biggest things are my my serve. I think just getting more accuracy and. Um, getting the percentage up on the serve is a big uh, area of focus for me. And then also continuing to improve my, my movement and just making sure I stay healthy. I feel like those are, those are the main things that I can get better at. And then obviously just continuing to improve my strengths as well. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly the health aspect of that, this, right. I mean, the longer you can go healthy, the better it will be from results and also building up that, that strength and experience. I, I read online, you know, that you were 
coming into college open to potentially going pro early? And I'm curious, have these results changed your timeline at all? How are you thinking about, you know, your, your career at Stanford? Yeah. Uh, obviously these results have been really good playing at a high level in these challengers. So I'll consider it at some point, but I'm definitely going to play this spring for, for us and then, um, see how the next summer goes and, and beyond and make a decision then. But yeah, I, I think these results have shown that I can play at this level. So, and, and I want to do that in the future. So I'll think about it more next summer, I think. Yeah. A decision for a later date. We'll have to have you back on then, yeah. uh, if that decision does come, but I am curious, you mentioned you're not playing college events. Do you have any additional tournaments scheduled for the remainder of this fall? What does your fall schedule look like? Yeah, I'm going to try to play two more challengers. Um, I'm going to play Champagne for sure. And then either Charlottesville or Knoxville, one of those two. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the, the Champagne one, not too far from home. Uh, so hopefully yeah. you'll get a little bit of a visit there. And are you someone who sets personal or, or team goals as you look ahead to 2024? Uh, and if so, what are those goals? Um, for, for Stanford as a team or personal? Yeah. For, yeah. Well, we can personal we'll focus collegiate goals uh personal and team yeah um i mean i i think personally for college last year i wasn't able to play many dual matches healthy until that end so i think that's a personal goal of mine just to help the team out as much as i can and as a team i think we can really make a deep run um and so hopefully hopefully we can make it to final four and beyond and i feel like have have a real shot at winning the the title i feel like that'd be the ultimate goal for any team obviously so hopefully we can do that. Yeah. So Stanford's on the quarter system. So you haven't had too much time with the new class of freshmen, but what's it like being a sophomore, not being the new person on campus? Uh, how are you feeling about the new class of freshmen? Yeah, the new class is great. Um, I've known all three of those guys for a super long time, Kyle, Nico, and Hudson. Um, so it's not been too much of a new experience learning to get learning to know them more, but um, it's actually weird because I'm younger than all of them, even though <laughs> all freshmen but yeah it's, it's been great they obviously are all great tennis players and they fit in really well with our team already and the culture is great so i think i think we can do well this year yeah yeah well age is just a number they don't have a year of stanford under their belt so yeah. <laughs> you're one year closer to getting your stanford degree so you have that over them yeah all right so we'll close here with just a few quick questions uh you had talked about the coaching staff at stanford i'm curious what are three words that you would use to describe coach goldstein um competitive entertaining and organized okay <laughs> all right uh entertaining i'm curious maybe we'll save those for off mic stories uh okay uh toughest opponent you've played in college in college probably that's a tough one i've played a lot of very good players I would say maybe one of the best, maybe Elliot uh, last year in San Diego or yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Elliot, but I've played a lot of, a lot of good players so far in college. Yeah. How, how much do you think back to that NCAA singles match against Ethan Quinn? Oh yeah. I forgot about that one actually. Yeah. That, that one at the time I, I wasn't, I, I think I didn't think too much of that, but obviously it was, uh, he ended up winning the title. So and uh, no, I was pretty close, but that was, that was a great match. He played well and, you had a good run there, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what was your reaction to the news when 
the Pac-12 was falling apart. And then what was your new your reaction when Stanford finally found a home in the ACC? Yeah, I mean, obviously watching, seeing all those other teams leave the Pac-12 was was an experience. I think um, it was interesting, and being in the ACC is going to change a lot of things in terms of travel and um, just how much school we miss and going cross country. I think every weekend or every other weekend in conference season. So it'll be a big change, but uh, that's down the road, I think. So, so we'll see, but yeah, that's, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a huge change. Yeah. What was the sentiment in the group chat? Like when the PAC 12 was dissolving and people were, you know, teams were fleeing left and right. What was like just the general vibe? I think everyone was just surprised. Obviously UCLA and USC had already left this year, but um, I, I think when I was in school last year, I didn't expect all the other schools to leave the Pac-12. I wasn't really following the contracts with football and the TV rights and everything. So I didn't really realize that was a possibility. So I think everybody's just pretty surprised. Yeah, I think we've all learned a lot more about TV contracts over the last year. But uh, Nishash, uh, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. This has been a really fun conversation. Uh, really fun to see uh, all of your success of late. I look forward to seeing more of it in the spring, both you and the Stanford team. So best of luck in the upcoming season. Thank you. Thank you for having me.